Let us pray. pray. God, take our ears and hear through them. Uh, take our minds and think through them. And take our hearts and set them on fire. For Christ's sake we pray. Amen. So as if you've heard, uh, this summer we are talking about the fruit of the Spirit. Love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Uh, and this morning we are talking about the fruit of joy. But I realized, and um, maybe you're like this too, when I think of fruit, I think of all the things that Heidi was just talking about. I think about strawberries, blackberries, blueberries, marionberries. I think about apples and peaches and pears and cantaloupe and melon. I think about stuff that's sweet and juicy and runs down my chin. But I have also always heard that tomatoes are a fruit too. And that always seemed wrong. That never seemed quite right to me. But I figured I should finally, and I'm a little embarrassed to admit this, but at 63, I should finally look it up and see what actually a fruit is. And uh, scientifically, here's the definition. A fruit is the seed-bearing structure that develops from the ovary of a flowering plant. That does not sound like something that's going to run down your chin, but... A simpler definition, fruit is anything that grows on a plant and is the means by which that plant gets its seeds out into the world. In other words, if it has seeds, then it is a fruit. And that means, botanically, that tomato is a fruit. Although I've also heard the saying that it's smart to know that a tomato is a fruit. It is wise not to put tomato in your fruit salad. So there you go. So tomatoes are fruit, cucumbers are a fruit, olives are a fruit, and tomatoes, cucumbers, and olives with a little olive oil, a little lemon juice, that is a pretty good salad. But if a friend asks you to bring a fruit salad to a dinner party, I would say don't take that. Uh, zucchini's a fruit. Eggplant, not my favorite. Okra, really not my favorite, are also fruit. Even corn, corn, is a, it, corn in at least some forms is a fruit. Once you dry it and gr uh, grind it, it becomes a grain. So what I learned is, Fruit is not always what we expect. That fruit comes in surprising forms. And it's the same with the fruit of joy. So, when you hear the word joy, what immediately comes to mind for you? What moment or what memory, uh, what experience, maybe what definition comes to mind when you hear the word joy? See, for me, and I think if we were all going to compare notes, I wouldn't be the only one here. I think of joy as those moments of deep happiness, moments of great pleasure, moments of bliss. And for me, I always think of joy, there's like a, a, an element of purity to it. It's like joy is unsullied. It is unblemished. And so for me, I often experience joy in the mountains. To see a, just a big vista of mountain peaks in the distance or to happen on a hike on a meadow full of wildflowers. Uh, there's no buildings, there's no noises of cars in the distance, it's just unadulterated beauty. Uh, and so on Friday, Friday actually I had the day off, I, I met some friends, we drove down to Belknap Springs and we rode our bikes up to McKinsey Pass. The McKinsey Pass Road is closed in the winter, but they clear it, they just finished clearing it a couple weeks ago. The gate though is still closed to cars. And so once you ride past that gate, you get the whole thing to yourself and a few other bicyclists that are up there. So you're riding through these tall forests 
Uh, you get up into that lava field that's so unique. There's, it was actually a little bit cloudy on, on Friday, but usually there's a big vista of the sisters, and it's completely quiet. It's still. We get it all to ourselves. Unadulterated beauty. I felt great joy in that moment. I didn't really want to leave, but we had to come back down the mountain. We always have to come back down the mountain. We have to come back to the rest of our lives, and most of the time, our lives are not unsullied. Our lives are not unblemished. We carry with us a fair bit of stress and anxiety and weariness, and then there are sometimes unhappy interruptions, uh, and sometimes we carry some grief with us. And we live in a world that's full of want and divisions and fear. And still, it is a world that holds joy. That's what the scriptures tell us, and that's what I very much want to believe. The scriptures contain a wider understanding of joy, and they describe joy coming in some really unexpected places. So, for example, Psalm 30, the writer, David, describes joy that, amidst, uh, that emerges amidst sickness and uncertainty. Even in those circumstances, he can write, weeping may linger for the night, but joy comes with the morning, so joy amidst sorrow. Much later in Hebrews 12, the author is writing about Jesus. The author writes, Jesus, who for the, the sake of the joy set before him endured the cross, disregarding the shame. Joy amidst suffering and loss. And so joy, at least in the way the scriptures describe it, uh, is a surprising fruit. Joy is more than those pure moments of, of happiness, though that too. Uh, joy is present through all the rest, all of the seasons of life. So in this reading today from John chapter 15, Jesus uh, talks about joy. Talks about joy as a fruit. I'm the vine, you are the branches. Those who abide in me and I in them bear much fruit. And at the last verses that we heard today, he says, I've said these things to you so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. So joy is a gift. Joy comes from beyond us. It comes beyond our ability to make life work out the way we want it to, beyond our ability to make the world work out the way we wish it would. It's a gift that comes from God. And even more, it's a gift that comes from within the very life of God. As Christians, we, we understand God in the, in the classic formulation as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We understand God as a creator, redeemer, sustainer. God is Trinity. Three in one. That means that God is essentially relational. That Father, Son, and Spirit, Creator, Redeemer, Sustainer, abide with each other. And it's that interior Trinitarian relationship that creates joy. So Meister Eckhart, uh, his given name is Johannes Eckhart, uh, lived in the 14th century as a German philosopher and uh, a theologian and mystic. Here's how he described that relationship. When the father laughs to the son, and the son laughs back to the father, that laughter gives pleasure. That pleasure gives joy. That joy gives love, and that love is the Holy Spirit. I love that notion of God laughing, that at the very center of God's interior life is laughter, and that joy emerges from that laughter of God, and then by the Spirit ripples out through all of creation. And we experience it in those moments of deep happiness, and we can find it running through all the rest of our life, too. Joy is a gift. 
It's a gift that comes from beyond us, and it's a gift that comes, as Jesus says, from abiding in God. It comes from being open and receptive and connected to God, like the, van, uh, like the, like the branches connected to the vine. That connection is the source of this surprising fruit of joy, because joy is essentially relational. It comes from the relationship at the very center of God's life, and it comes to us through the creative and generative and life-giving spirit that infuses all of creation. Joy comes of trusting that God is present in our lives and present in the life of the world, present in moments of happiness and laughter and contentment, and present in the hard places and the damaged places and the unjust places that we all live inside of. Present with grace and with healing and with mercy and with justice. Present with hope and peace. Henry Nouwen, who's a very wise spiritual guide, uh, wrote this when he was uh, uh, writing about John 15. Jesus reveals to us God's love so that his joy may become ours and that our joy may become complete. Joy is the experience of knowing that you are unconditionally loved and that nothing, sickness, failure, emotional distress, oppression, war, even death, can take that love away. Joy comes of trusting that we are loved. Trusting in the power of God's love to bring healing and hope and wholeness. It's like a deep current that runs through us, that runs through all of creation, so that whatever's going on in our lives, whatever's going on in the world, joy comes of trusting that we are being carried along by and toward love. The fruit of the Spirit is joy. Now remember from that definition uh, and from the children's time, I often feel like after the children's time we should just give the benediction and go home because that was a pretty good sermon right there. Um, That definition of joy, uh, fruit grows in order to get seeds out into the world. That's the purpose of fruit to spread, to be shared, to generate that creative cycle of life. And that's the purpose of the fruit of the Spirit, too. I mean, I hope as a, as a follower of Jesus, as a Christian, that, that some love, some joy, some peace, some patience, some kindness is growing in me. But that fruit isn't meant to hang on the vine. The fruit of the Spirit is meant to be spread, to be shared, to create more love and more joy and more peace and more patience and more kindness. So to close, I want to talk about just a couple of surprising ways that the fruit of the Spirit uh, can get seeds out into the world. The first is, I've been reading a really interesting book. It's called Inciting Joy, and it's written by Ross Gay. Uh, Ross Gay also wrote the Book of Delights, which some of you might know. It was, the, uh, it was one of the um, Everyone Reads books from Multnomah County Library uh, three or four or five years ago. I can't quite remember. Ross Gay is pretty clearly not religious. He's pretty explicit about that. But he also recognizes that joy is not the result of accomplishments, it's not the result of acquisitions, that joy is essentially relational. It comes of recognizing that we are connected, and it comes of opening ourselves to each other, and especially in those moments when we are vulnerable, or when we're living with pain, or when we are holding grief. And so in an interview with uh, uh, CNN, He defined joy this way. He defined joy as the light that emanates from us 
when we help each other carry our sorrows. The light that emanates from us when we help each other carry our sorrows. Now, he's not religious, but that sounds an awful lot to me like the baptismal commitments we make to each other in the church, the commitment to bear one another's burden. That's how the surprising fruit of joy is spread and how it grows, by abiding with each other, by belonging to each other, by being present for each other. The book, in the book he writes, what if joy, instead of refuge or relief from heartbreak, is what effloresces from us as we help each other carry our heartbreak? That's a surprising definition of joy, but that's how we can spread. That's how we can incite joy in our life together. And then second, joy comes from the work of doing justice. There are plenty of joyless places in the world, plenty of unjust places, places where the world doesn't work the way it's supposed to. But as followers of Jesus, we hold on to hope. The hope that God is present in the world, that the love of God is drawing us toward justice. We, we, we can hear it in the psalmist, the psalm, the psalm that we read earlier, Psalm 98. Let the floods cl uh, clap their hands. Let the hills sing together for joy at the presence of the Lord, for God is coming to judge the earth. The Lord will judge the world with righteousness and the peoples with equity. We trust that the Spirit of God is at work in the world. And so we, who trust in the ways of God, are called to do justice, to love mercy, and to spread seeds of joy. So again, uh, Meister Eckhart in another sermon had something really interesting to say, so let me quote him one more time. Be as sure as it is that you are God, be as sure of it as you are that God lives. At the least good deed, the least bit of goodwill, or the least of good desires, all the saints in heaven and on earth rejoice. And together with the angels, their joy is such that all the joy in the world cannot be compared to it. But the joy of them all put together amounts to as little as a bean when compared to the joy of God over good deeds. For truly, God plays and laughs in good deeds. God plays and laughs in good deeds. That's the source of this surprising fruit of joy. Good deeds, doing justice, loving mercy are how we share it. And so as I, as I was uh, reflecting on this sermon of Meister Eckhart's from, what, 700 years ago now, I was also thinking about a video that was shown here at church just four or five weeks ago. You might remember it. It showed one of the families uh, who, who were homeless at the time. We had housed them downstairs as part of the Family Promise Program. And the video showed them moving into their own new home. And there was a lot of joy in that video, the joy that comes of justice. So here's the thing. There's an auction that starts today. Uh, it's for Family Promise. It's called the Help Us Move In Fund that it supports. And it assists families like that one in getting and moving into permanent housing. And so in the bulletin today, there's a, uh, a note about it, Family Promise, Help Us Move in Auction. There's a QR code there. That'll get you to the auction site. You can see all the stuff that's up for bid. One good deed that you can do, bid on those items. There's about 60 different items. 
I just looked. There's about eight of them that are fruit pies from people in this congregation. I will be bidding. I am planning to experience the joy of winning one of the, I think uh, Nancy Good is making a cherry pie. Is that right, Nancy? I, I hope you knew that. I'm pretty sure I'm good. All right. So that's one good deed that we can all do uh, to support, uh, to find the joy of doing justice together, helping families move into their own permanent housing. The fruit of the Spirit is joy. It's a gift that comes from inside the life of God. It's a gift that's germinating in all things. And so in all the places that we live and work, in all the places that we play and laugh, may we spread, may we share, may we incite such joy. And as you heard, to help us, this jam that's being bottled or jarred downstairs is not just for the kids. I'm told that if you go downstairs, there'll be, I'm not sure, okay, we might run out, so you might have to hurry downstairs. But that there will be uh, jars of strawberry jam to take home and to remind you of the fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of joy, fruit that is meant to be spread. So, thanks be to God. Amen. Amen.